Hallelujah. Um, God's given me a, a word today, which is good, because you don't want to be hearing my word, because it won't be from the Lord. Um, so God's given me a word today. I know that he's going to speak to us. Amen. Amen. He already convicted me this week with this word. So um, do you know that happens when you're a pastor? You can't just go up and talk about things. God has to teach you them, do you know? Um, unfortunately, that's my job. So that's what happens. But today, the title of the talk is There's More to Me Than What You See. There's more to me than what you see. And uh, as I said, I believe God is all over this. We believe in God in this church, don't we? Amen. We believe that he's real. Amen. That he speaks to us. Amen. And that he is, as we sang, he is holy. Amen. He is divine. He is bigger than our problems, bigger than us, bigger than whatever is going on in this world. Amen. Will you pray with me? Yes. Do you want to bow your heads, close your eyes? It's just a sign of respect towards the Lord. If you want to raise your hands, feel free to do that. That's just a sign of surrender and being open to what God wants to do. So God, we humble ourselves before you. You are God, and we are your people, and this is your church. Amen. In this moment, in this time together, Lord, we ask that you would show us how you see things in our life. Show us the blind spots. Show us the parts of our life that we're not seeing correctly. Show us your perspective. Give us clarity, give us vision. And God, we ask you most importantly, Lord, that you just show us that you love us, Amen. that you're with us and that you're for us. We know Amen. it, but sometimes we need to see it and yes. feel it. Amen. So we give this time to you. We honour you and we thank you in advance. And the people of God said, Amen. 10 o'clock service, look at you. Okay, all right. All right. Now, I have to remember what I'm doing. It's too early in the morning for me. I'm barely awake. But anyway, here we go. Come on, clicker. Come on, clicker. Praise the Lord. Anyway, there's more to me than what you see. Do you know, people judge us, don't they, by what they see? Your appearance, how you, how you carry yourself. But from a biblical point of view, what God sees is very different to what humans see, isn't it? What God values is completely different to what we value. And the Bible talks about this. It says this in 1 Samuel. But the Lord said to Samuel, Don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. It's all about your heart. But we judge typically by people's appearances. We judge a homeless person by how they smell or how they dress. We judge people who are dressed well and think that they're amazing. We judge people by loads of different things. And uh, when I was talking to God about this during the week, I was like, God, what was I judged on? Show me. And uh, he revealed to me a memory from when I was growing up, a few memories, but it was about my hair. Now, women, we love our hair, don't we? Okay. <laughs> Some women I like, do we? I don't know. Um, okay. I love my hair. I have curly hair, right? Natural hair. But when I was growing up, I used to get mocked about it all the time. And... Uh, there's good reason for that, because I got my hair from my dad. <laughs> Y'all are laughing, but it's true. Tom Burke, obviously, if you don't know him, he's bald, right? <clears throat> this is being recorded, isn't it? Um, he's bald, but back in the day, Tom had a full head of curly hair. Do you want to see a picture? Yeah. Am I doing him dirty? Yes. Do you want to see a picture of Tom and Denise, the two of them? In love, so this is my parents. 
Go on, give them a round of applause. Go on. So Tom is 18, Denise is 17. They met when my mum was 15 and my dad was 17. And this is my dad's Debs, or for some people who aren't familiar with that, it's like a prom. It's at the end of school year. And this is June 1979. And uh, look at my mum, and she fab, in her little purple and pink and her little smirk. And then there's Tom Burke there. Mm. Wow. Wow, yeah, that's the word, isn't it? You think he's lying about his hair. No, this is the proof, and it's not a wig. Can we appreciate the ringlets of the curls? Can we appreciate no frizz? And I know this man wasn't using any hair products. I don't think conditioner was a thing back in the 70s, was it? But here, when I was growing up, oh, I'm gonna confess to you, like, I don't know why I do this to myself, but when I was growing up, I had the same haircut as my dad. Do you wanna see a picture of it? Yeah. I'm gonna start crying, look at this! Now, this is 1999. We didn't even have internet in the Burke household at that time. We got a computer in the year 2000, and it was dial-up even then. Do you remember dial-up? <laughs> go off like that. You couldn't look up hair stuff. You couldn't go into a shop and buy, well, I don't remember it anyway, mousse or wax or gel, and someone gave me this haircut. And I used to go into school and they'd mock me, and you can see my face. I don't blame them. I really don't. And I'm still annoyed. Poor me. And when I was growing up, my mum was working, right? So this is back in the 90s, and my dad was a stay-at-home dad. And there was no stay-at-home dads back in the 90s when I was growing up. So God bless him, he did his best, right? But he used to get, you know, the hair picks to pick out the curly hair? All the African people are like, no, he didn't. Yes, he did. He'd picking out my hair to make it more frizzy. And I'm going into school like that. And they used to flick the pieces of paper into my hair in school and I'd stand up then after class. I had a laugh or cry. And all that paper would come out. And I'd get judged over this and I'm going, I can't control this. I don't know where Denise was, my mother. You're saying, girl. Oh, anyway, so this is my cross that I have to bear, do you know, my childhood wound. But my point in it is I go into school every day and I get mocked about it and I couldn't do anything about it. My hair grows the way that it grows. And we all have stuff from our childhood, don't we? Yes. You're too tall, you're too short, too skinny, too fat, whatever it is, you pick it, name it, choose it, the colour of your skin, the shape of your nose. And these are all fights that we didn't choose, yeah? I didn't choose this fight. I didn't choose my appearance. You don't get a choice in it, you're just born with it. Yeah. I don't get to choose my abilities. People don't choose to have a disability or a disorder. People don't choose to be good at something and bad at something else. People don't choose to be good at sports or bad at math. It's like, and you can work on things, but it's usually a natural ability, isn't it? You either have it or you don't, but yet we get judged on it. We get judged on our families. We don't get a choice in where we're born, the money that our parents have, whether they have it or they don't. We don't get a choice on the relationship of our parents. We don't get a choice whether our family are workaholics or alcoholics. We don't get a choice whether our family screams and shouts and fights each other, or if your family is a family of silence and we never address anything. I don't get a choice, but I have to fight those battles. I don't get to choose 
or a choice in the fight with abuse. Especially initially, you don't choose your abusers, you don't choose that fight. And we certainly don't choose it when it comes to neglect in our lives. But yet, when we go out into the world, whether it's physically, our abilities, our family backgrounds, our trauma, our past, we get judged on it. People see it. People say, why is he so controlling? But the reason he's controlling is because he had no control growing up. And we're judged by it. And for all of us, we have this where I'm going, I didn't pick this fight. It's different when we mess up in our own lives, isn't it? Because then, that was my fault, my bad. I made such a mistake about that. And we have to suffer the consequences. But when it's, I didn't choose this, I didn't pick this battle, I didn't pick this fight, how do we fight these fights when we're going, it's not my fault? And that's what I want to look at today. Are you with me? Yes. Are you still thinking about my hair? <laughs> no, you're thinking about Tom's, that's what you're doing, okay? Don't tell him now, going to get in trouble later. So we're going to look at a character in the Bible called David. We know David? Yes. Very famous. And if you don't know him, one of his most famous things is that he fights the giant Goliath. It's well known. So he goes in, he's a teenager in this battle. He should not be fighting this fight. There's a whole army that had 40 days to fight this giant Goliath and they were scared. There's fights in our life where they're not our fights. Someone else should be fighting it. But yet God has called us to do it. He's called us to fight. And David, all he had was a slingshot. And how many stones? Five. Y'all are smart. Come on, you read your Bible. Five stones. Smooth stones at that, not rough ones. And he defeats Goliath. That's all he had. And he just knew God was with him. There's times in our life God won't like coddle us or say, you're going to be fab. God just tells us to do something and we're to do it. Amen? Just go do it. But this is one of the fights that David had. But before David fought Goliath, David had to fight his oldest brother Eliab. And this is something that you don't hear spoken a lot or preached a lot about. But it's an important one because both fights with Goliath and with his brother Eliab, David didn't choose them. And this is what we want to look at today, that there's these moments in these fights where David is able to see things in his brother that he couldn't see. And his brother is able to see things in David that he couldn't see. Are you with me? Yes. Okay. So the oldest brother is Eliab. Let's have a look at him. So he's the oldest brother in David's family and he was handsome. Some families, they just have good genetics, don't they? Some of us aren't chosen to be ugly, like, you know, but that happens too. Anyway, God's grace covers it all. So he was the oldest and David was the youngest. So you already have this dynamic of oldest brother and youngest brother. We all have dynamics in our families, don't we? Every family got it. This guy Eliab, he is the leader in King Saul's army. This is the army that's meant to be fighting Goliath. So he's the leader, he's the oldest. And it's assumed that he will be the next king of Israel. It was his job, but we know the story. David ends up fighting him. It falls to the youngest brother. So David is meant to fight Goliath. David is meant to have a fight with this brother. But before all that, we see Eliab having this conversation or having an interaction with the prophet Samuel. The prophet Samuel was to anoint a king and it was meant to be this guy. And we already read the verse. But the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or height for I have rejected him. 
God rejected Eliab and he rejected him over his heart. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Isn't there times in our lives where maybe it's a battle in your family, it's a generational one, maybe it's, it's in, in yourself, maybe, I don't know, whatever the battle is, but you know that it's someone else's responsibility and you end up having to fight it. And you love them, but they're not owning it. God can grace you for the fights that aren't yours. Amen. Amen. So we know that Eliab is meant to be king. He doesn't become king. It's David. They go looking for David. Samuel sends out, say, get the youngest son. And then David is anointed as king. So David's anointed as king. He's about to have this fight with his brother, and we know that he goes on to fight Goliath. So let's have a look at the fight with his brother, Eliab. So when Eliab, David's oldest brother, heard him speaking with the men, this is the men in the army, he burned with anger at him and asked, why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch the battle. Now what have I done, said David? Can I even speak? Your older brothers are something, aren't they? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> older brothers are something else. David doesn't even approach Eliab, asking him what's going on with this fight before Goliath. David knows I'm not even going to my older brother, I'm going to the men in the army. So that already tells you their relationship probably isn't the best. We know Eliab's jealous of David because Eliab is meant to be fighting Goliath and Eliab is meant to be the future king. But look at the pattern, look at the, what's highlighted in yellow. Eliab burns with anger. He's angry at David and David hasn't done anything. And then he's questioning him. Why have you come down here? And then finally, how wicked your heart is, he's projecting his issues onto David. Brothers and sisters, watch how people speak to you. Watch the patterns. That is not a David issue. That's Eliab's heart's issue. And how wicked you have to be in that moment to call out your brother when he's meant to be going into a battle that you're meant to fight. And David's response, now what have I done, said David. Can't I even speak? David didn't even do anything wrong. And his brother's just attacking him. So let's have a look at this guy Eliab and let's see what's more to him in this moment. So Eliab's issue was not his appearance, was not his abilities, was not his family. On paper, Eliab is it. On paper, Eliab is the guy that all the guys want to be. He's the leader, he's the looks, he's the family, he's meant to be king. And there's people in our life like that, isn't there? We judge them by what we're seeing. But Eliab's heart was the issue in it all. It always comes down to your heart. I remember working with oh, so many people, not in this church, praise the Lord, but in other places, and they'd go for jobs or they'd go for promotions. And they'd be in the job for years, they'd have the right experience or education, and they wouldn't get the job. And they'd react the same as Eliab. They'd be angry. They'd question the managers and they'd say an excuse for it. It's because I'm a woman. 
It's because I'm from the north side of the city. It's because whatever. And I'd be in my head, boo-boo, that's not the issue. The issue is you gossip in work. The issue is you lie. The issue is you talk one way to the manager and you talk another way to your teammates. You think it's a competency issue about the job, that you can't do the job. The issue is your heart. Do we know these people? Ah! And they think it's about the job, it's not. It's always about your heart. Always about your heart. And the book of Proverbs says this, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Eliab's life was meant to be king, king of Israel. And he didn't steward and guard his heart right. Brothers and sisters, let that be a warning to us. It doesn't matter how good we are with God, if the enemy gets a foothold into our heart, it deceives us. We don't see things clearly. We can become angry, we can become bitter. And God is saying to us, guard our hearts. Make sure that we see things the way that God sees them. It doesn't matter what other people think. Can I get an amen? amen. It matters what God thinks. And let's have a look at David. So we know that David has this fight with his brother. And he's just about to fight Goliath, the giant. And God told me this. David isn't questioned about his ability by Goliath, the giant. He's questioned by his own brother. So you're David, you're 16. This fight with a giant that he's just walked into, by the way. He didn't know it was coming. He didn't know that it would be his battle. He's walking into it and it's unexpected. And it's the battle his brother should be fighting, should have won. And in that moment, he has his brother questioning him and the very person who should be loving him and supporting him and who has his back is the one who's angry at him and questioning his ability. Brothers and sisters, there's times in our life where a giant will come into it and you're going, God, what is going on? What's happening? And the enemy can use the people who we love the most to distract us from the battle. We have to be wary. We have to pick the right fight. <clears throat> David was meant to fight Goliath, but his own brother wanted to fight him. How hurtful. And there's relationships in our own lives. And you're saying, and it takes a crisis to show people's character, doesn't it? Oh my days. Very people that you love and you're going, I would have your back. I would never do this to you. I'd do anything for the marriage. I'd do anything for the relationship. I'd do anything to support you. And in the very moment I need you, you don't have me. In the very moment I need you to fight this giant with me, I've got to fight you too. And the enemy will use the people close to us. And it's so important to note that for some people, it's a heart issue with them as well. If their heart is not right with God, it won't be right with me. That was the issue with Eliab. It was his heart. David loved him. But Eliab didn't love David. So there's more to Eliab than what David saw. He knows his brother. But it takes a crisis sometimes for us to see someone's true colours. It's painful. It's hurtful. But for David... We know that he becomes king 30, right? when he's 30, don't we? Yeah. He goes on to become king. But yet God shows him Eliab's character at this moment when he's a teenager. There's some things in our lives that God has called us to. 
and they haven't come into fruition yet. And there's some people God has to show us their character before we get to that place. He has to reveal to us, this is them. And the root of it is, their heart isn't right with God. Doesn't mean that we can't be connected, doesn't mean that we can't be social. But in the Bible, it never says again that Eliab and David spoke. There's some people, they can't speak into our lives again. Because we have to fight the giant that God has called us to, not them. Amen? Amen. 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 Is the Lord moving or is it just me? (laughs) If their heart is not right with God, it won't be right with me. And you can love these people from a distance. Amen? Amen? We can pray for them. But the root of it is they have to be right with God. And when they don't own it and when they're not sorry... And they don't want to work on the relationship. It's so hard as a Christian, isn't it? Because yes. we know we need to forgive. We know we're not perfect. And there's grace for it. But there's some relationships I believe God wants to speak clearly to people on today. It's not the time. And if I was David, and if Eliab was my brother, and he threw that at me, it would say, Dara Burke was not holy that day. Dara Burke was certainly not a pastor. She bait him, kicked him, killed him, and then said to him, you beep, 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 I'm about to beep. I, I would have chose the wrong battle because there would have been a lifetime of stuff I didn't address. And I would have been distracted. Brothers and sisters, we have to pick the right fight. Amen? Amen. Here's what it says in the book of Matthew. For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. We have to watch and guard our hearts all the time. All the time. And David in that moment, we see in him the the good character. We see his heart. We see him so clearly. And he doesn't respond to Eliab, apart from that response of saying, I didn't say anything. He doesn't go back to him and ask for advice. He doesn't call him out. He doesn't say, I need you in this fight. David does what God asks. And his heart is pure in it. We see the real David. And we also see the real Eliab. Eliab doesn't follow David. Eliab doesn't say, David, I'm sorry, I messed up. He lets his youngest brother go into the fight on his own. For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. You stand with me when I ask the worship team to come up. Amen. God is here, amen? amen. Do you feel him? Yeah. Mm, good. Good. Will you close your eyes with me? Let's just give people privacy. Let's bow our heads. The prayer today is very simple. It's just asking God to help us guard our hearts. That we wouldn't allow the people closest to us distract us from what God has placed on our hearts. That we wouldn't allow our hearts to get bitter because we feel entitled or privileged or that we feel wronged by someone. It's keeping a clear heart and conscience before the Lord. So if that's your prayer, it's certainly mine. Do you want to just put a hand over your heart? And we're just going to pray. God, we thank you that you can give us hearts that are filled with love, that are filled with your love, God. That for the things that we lack, there is your grace. And I ask, Lord, for everyone who has a hand over their heart in this moment, God, that you would help them guard it and protect it.
that their heart would be overflowing with the love of God, even for the people who've done them wrong. We ask you, Lord, that what flows out of our heart would be holy, would be pure, would be exactly what you want, God. And anything in our hearts that is of the flesh is sinful and not of God. We ask for forgiveness. Jesus, not only do we give you all of us, we give you our hearts as well. Anything that we need to address, anything that we need to ask forgiveness for, God, we do that now. But I also God, ask God that you would plant in our hearts these giants that you have called us to fight. The calling of God and these battles that are fighting for the kingdom of God. Let those seeds that have been planted, God, be so clear that it would be saying, this is what God has called us to do. This is what God has called me to do in my life. Give us hearts, Lord, that are hearts after your own. So we ask you, Lord, guard our hearts. Be with us and let your love overflow through us. And the people of God said, Amen. Amen.